Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Welcome to Author News Weekly. Thanks for joining us this week. My name is Ari McGee, and I am here with an amazing panel of guests. Let's introduce them before we get started into our weekly stories. The gentleman in the Denver Broncos hat that you can't see unless you're watching us is Mr. Jim Heskett. Hello, I'm Jim. Welcome to Author News Weekly, the show with all the news that fits on the internet. All the all the internet news that fits. All fits the news that's fit, that, that's fit, fit for the internet. It's fit for... All That's the fit, to me. fit for the internet. Excellent. All right. Next up, we have uh, 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 an amazing person who's sitting underneath one of those old school rolling things from school where they pull it down and they point to you on the map. Yeah, she's sitting underneath one of those, and I hope it does not unfurl on her head. Uh, Philippa Warner. Hello. I think those are called and overhead projector screens. That that's sounds a, a little a green on screen. the nose. <laughs> Not in my mind. In my mind, it's a map of the world. Oh, okay. I just, I'm just being honest with you. Okay. And last but not least, uh, our uh, friend way out west in Hawaii, uh, Mr. Nick Thacker. Or east, depending on which way you're looking. Listen, we're not going to Schrodinger's cat this thing, okay? From where I am, you're way out west. If you're east of people, they're just wrong, and they're going to have to live That's with fair. that. So, all right. That's How are you guys doing this week? It's been a couple of weeks since we got together. People wouldn't know that uh, if they're just listening to the podcast, but we know it. So how's everybody been? Yeah. They're going to know it because your voice sounds so, uh, so clean and crispy. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my. All right. So in any event, we have several stories to get into today. So with no further ado, let's get into the news. Okay. That's okay. (laughs) That's all right. I was just going to keep going and let you edit it in. So perfect. All right. Perfect. All right. That was an excellent news drop. Let's get into the first story. So the first thing I got for you guys to talk about today, uh, if you could lend some insight into things is we've got this uh, Amazon's launching a, uh, a something called a Kindle Challenge Award System. And from me scanning through the article, it looks like uh, they're incentivizing people to read on their Kindles. And, uh, you know, they can get, I think, up to $5 uh, and some kind of credit if they're reading uh, on the Kindle. So uh, what do you guys think about that? You think that there's uh, any net benefit to us as authors? Uh, Pippa, what do you think about that? If it directs people towards books that they might not otherwise have read, because I know that there every year uh, one of the big subreddits does a a bingo challenge or a, a like thirty books with all sorts of different. You have to do one that's in first person and one that's you know set in a different uh, timeline than you normally read. If it's getting people into different books, I think that's great. Um, Otherwise, I'm just intrigued to see how long it sticks around. Um, as a reader, I enjoy it, but I'm I'm not sure how much difference it's going to make to authors. We'll have to see. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, I kind of what agree. Think? I think um, yeah. I, I think it's like a, a fun idea. Um, and if it was anything else besides Amazon, I would say it probably has a chance of sticking around. Um, but you know, it seems like Amazon's got this. I don't. I haven't quite cracked it yet. It's almost like they they get these middle managers who. Um, pitch these ideas and then they give them just enough rope to hang themselves with like Kindle worlds is a good example of that, that got <laughs> almost successful. And then they were like, actually we don't want to do this at all. And they just canceled the whole thing. So this is a cute idea. I don't know that it's cool um, yet because it's just sort of this hidden um, small thing. And even if it grows a little bit, I don't know that it's going to be long for this world. It just, I, I, it kind of rubs me that way. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. What do you think, Jim? I think anything that pushes people toward meet reading more is great, like Pippa said. And I think that that uh, gamifying reading is a great way to encourage people to to do it more. Um, I think, uh, like Nick was talking about, Amazon is kind of victim also to that Google philosophy that um, that uh, there's a rumor I heard that Google wasn't interested in hearing ideas from employees unless they thought it could reach 100 million people. Um, which I think Amazon is kind of like that. They're willing to throw a little bit of money at something like Amazon book clubs. You know, you heard about book clubs a couple months ago and we haven't heard a whole lot about it since then. So that probably will be around for a year and then they'll take it away. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if gamifying reading and offering these kinds of rewards, if it leads to more reading, then I'm all for it. But this was, I mean, you could also, what was the thing that, or what was it called where on Amazon you could, um, was it gifting? You could gift your book to a bunch of people or the, the giveaways. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. You run the giveaways, right. It's the same sort of thing as that. It's like, Hey, that's a cool idea. Um, of course, like most things, Amazon, they don't give us any data to actually, um, make that really useful for authors. Uh, but it was a cool idea and it, it engaged readers a little bit in a different way. And then they just got rid of it for ostensibly no reason at all. Um, I just, I feel like that's kind of what this is, you know? Well, I think they got rid of gave, giveaways because authors figured out how to game the system. That's fair. At least yeah. I did. I, just, I don't know if other people <laughs> did, but I did. <laughs> you could run the same giveaway over and over again. Um, yes, without having just, to actually give anything away. Yeah, without having to actually give anything away. And yeah, I, I think that. once they figured that out, Amazon was realized that they was a bad idea. Well, but it's funny to me because that doesn't seem like a programmatically difficult thing to change. Why not just make the rule with the end of the giveaway, somebody's going to win the book rather than yeah. nobody won the book. You know what I mean? Like just change the rules that authors are now footing the bill for the book that they're giving away. I just, I find that that's the problem I have with Amazon is like rather than actually fix it with even a Band-Aid solution that even I could program in probably 15 minutes, they decide to get rid of the entire program. And that's why I say it's like ostensibly for no reason, but the real reason is it wasn't making them enough money probably. And they wanted to, to replace that with ad space. Mm-hmm. That's getting into the weeds though. I, I like, I'm, I'm with Jim. I mean, I love what you said. It's just anything that gets people to read more is good. Um, I could probably come up with four or five ways that could do it better than this. And that's not because I'm smart. I'm just saying that I don't think this is the best way to do that. Um, it's kind of a cute idea, but I just don't see it taking off much. We'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong. Well, and I have a lot of readers in my friends group, like voracious readers, and I have not seen a single mention of this right? Um, from them. And so that makes me feel like Amazon's not putting 
much weight behind it. You know, if you go to Amazon, you bring up Kindle books, it's, it's not there. It's not. So they're kind of half-assing it and we'll see, right. which is a weird way to decide whether something is worth doing or not. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they're not giving it a fair chance. Know, yeah. Just dip a toe. We'll dip a toe <laughs> in the gamifying waters and we'll see how it ends up. All right. Well, I guess it remains to be seen what will become of this gamified system, but let's, uh, let's move on to the next story. Uh, it's a little more nuts and bolts. It's, it's maybe a little more in the weeds. Uh, it comes to us from uh, Dave Chesson at Kindlepreneur and uh, he's got a great YouTube video here that we can link to in the comments. And it's about how to add more, categories to your book listings uh, up on Amazon, uh, which is an important thing. Uh, but some people may not know why that's important. Uh, Jim, why would it be important to get as many categories on your books as you can? Uh, appropriate categories, maybe. Well, yeah, there, there's definitely a difference between putting your book in as many categories as possible and putting your book in as many relevant categories as possible. You want your book to be in categories. So for visibility reasons, um, because if you're on different, you know, some of those uh, subgroups or what would you call them down the chain from like mystery thriller suspense to serial killers to whatever. Uh, those niche. <laughs> yeah. Sub. Uh, yeah, that's the, what it was. The menu is like grandfather child menu, right? It's like. Multiple yeah. Yeah. The parent child to get into those subcategories, some of them are small. And so if you sell a few books, it's easy to get up into the top 20. Uh, where you might be visible. So having your book in different categories puts it in front of people because there are some people who still shop by category. And there's probably not as many as those who just search, but there's some people who shop by category. So any chance you have to be visible to the right readers. Now, a lot of authors do this wrong. You know, if you go look up any subcategory, if you go look up, I don't know, um, New England style woodworking, in the top five, you're going to see a romance novel with a bare-chested guy um, because a lot of authors don't see the value in having only putting their book in front of relevant readers and they just want visibility. So it's, it's a system that you can easily break if you're don't care about being ethical. Mm. I think it's mm. also kind of a, a throwback to what advertising was in the past where it was this rather than permission based marketing where, um, you know, I think Seth Godin coined that term where, you know, you're putting your stuff out there for people who have already expressed interest in it and want to see it. Um, you're just going for mass marketing. You're trying to just get it everywhere because even an accidental click might accidentally lend uh, to or lead to a sale, you know. And so I, I think that's the mindset, right, is they're like, well, I'm just going to be in as many categories as possible because my book is just the best. Which is incorrect thinking because their book is definitely not the best at anything. But um, if they think they can get some accidental sales there, that's, you know, I, I'm not I'm not advocating for that at all. I'm just saying I think that's probably the mindset too, right, Jim? Like they want to they wanna catch some of those accidental sales like commercials did from, you know, the 90s. Yeah, and some, some authors just want to collect orange tags. And if you yes, if you put your if you put your uh, uh, your BDSM romance in the New England style woodworking category, you might you only have to sell three or four copies to get up to that first place and get an orange tag. But it doesn't orange tag doesn't mean anything. Well, that also, a lot of them are book mills. Hmm. Oh Sorry. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, like that a lot of sense. the people that are doing this, they're they're combining that with you know taking the book down, throwing it up with a slightly different title, all of that stuff right 
So, so that brings, if I can, all right, I want to throw in another question kind of to the group here, because I, I've thought about this a lot, like what, to what extent should it be, or is it appropriate for authors who write fiction to chase nonfiction categories? Like in this example, Jim, let's say that, that BDSM romance, the main character is a woodworker. Um, should oh, I they, bet. A woodworker. you know what I mean? Like it, it obviously hey, seems oh. like that's the wrong category because <laughs> I wasn't, I was trying to. Damn it, all right. I'm not picturing like a detailed sorry. book about how to build different I'm sorts sorry. of apparatus. Look, let's for... just say he gets he gets his lathe going and he's 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 making he's smoothing those dowels out all day That's long right, out in that wood shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but okay, so obviously, technically, like, like literally, it's an inappropriate category because fiction is not nonfiction and vice versa. But um, could there be some some some, some cro- interplay there, right? Like maybe there's other better examples, but let's take that one and say, well, if it is about a woodworker who just wants to get laid in his wood shop, um, could there be some potential customers in the nonfiction woodworking category of, or maybe, or maybe something like, uh, uh, like period pieces, you know, where people are uh, interested in, I don't know, ancient Scotland. And there's a book set in Scotland, maybe fiction wise, you know what I mean? Maybe like a whole series um, by Diana Gabaldon that um, is set in Scotland. <laughs> Indeed. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, maybe I don't think there's an actual book like that, but I'm just throwing out examples, mm. potentials. Yeah. I'd say unless there was, so like if it's one of those cozy mysteries, for instance, and it has a recipe every chapter, I mm. wouldn't actually be opposed to it being advertised as a recipe book, but other things, Wise, I would think that would be something for advertising. Like maybe people who read about New England work it, woodworking will want to know about this. And so I'll just put it as a sponsored book there. Hmm. Um, Cause it's, it's yeah, definitely it not, you know, a woodworking manual. One of the things Although, I did. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say shameless no. self-promotion. Like one of the things I did is you know, I've got a Mason Dixon character who's a bartender and assassin naturally. Cause if you've ever worked in a bar, never. um, <laughs> Uh, and he, and so he, he likes his whole catchphrase is like classy drinks for classy people. And so I just took that and made a nonfiction recipe, like kind of an old school style throwback, um, drink recipe book called classy drinks for classy people. It's, it's sold exactly one copy to me. Um, <laughs> but so it's not doing super well. Um, but, <laughs> but, but it's one of those kind of a, a way to, to do that. Putting it in the woodworking category. I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it. I'm thinking about making him a, a bartender assassin slash woodworker, mm-hmm. um, who just wants to hand carve his own entryway. Um, anyway, uh, he just wants to yeah, get laid. So he just wants to get laid in mm-hmm. the back of his bar. I just think it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. You know, we're, we're all authors trying to figure out how to, um, do better as authors and some of the ways that we can, we can do that are kind of zero. We, we treat them like zero sum games. You know, if I only win if you lose. And I don't really think that's what it, what it comes down to. But it is interesting to discuss some of these ideas that are not um, – I don't know. I, I guess I'm getting off, off track there. All right. But I, I, I'm just – I'm thinking about that as how do we do that? I mean, is it appropriate to put our books in a bunch of subcategories that may, may not closely align with the book? Well, I don't know. I don't really have the right answer for uh, this question that we're talking about. But I do know that the more readers that aren't my closely targeted group that get my book, the more, you know, they don't seem to they, they maybe don't enjoy it as much as the people when I target it very, very specifically. 
So, you know, I, I'll notice that if I have like, say a book bub and I give away, you know, 30 or 40,000 copies, some of these people maybe aren't the people who should be reading my book. And so I'll get emails and reviews that are a bit more mixed when I'm not targeting it specifically to, to a razor fo- uh, focused group. So, you know, maybe that's one of the downsides if we go a little too wide with these categories. That's funny. You can go look through my book catalog and you can tell by the review score, which books I've had book bubs on. <laughs> all my, all the book, every book I've had a book bub in is almost like a full star lower than like my book bub books are all 4.1 stars, but my other books are 4.6 or seven. Mm. It just happens every time. hundred percent. I think 100%. you just need to buy more five star reviews. I guess so. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you're listening to this and you want to buy reviews, we have a link to a Fiverr account in the Philippines <laughs> that can take that can take care of you with that anytime uh, for a small fee. We'll point you in the right direction. Very, That's not very true. fake looking reviews. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So the next, so we'll we'll put a, a, a lid on this for the time being, and maybe we'll come back to it uh, in a little more nuts and bolts type of uh, way later on down the road, but. Uh, the next two, the next two stories that I want to mention are pretty closely related, and uh, it's what you know. If you ask most of us, it would be kind of the backbone of your of your writing, uh, marketing career for your writing. So, uh, the first one I have is a uh, another YouTube video from another David. Uh, this one's Gogren, not Chesson. Uh, if you don't know David Gogren, you should look him up uh, because he is uh, terrific, terrific at what he does. And he is giving out some pointers on how to boost your open rate. OK, and so that would be your open rate for your newsletters that you're sending out to your readers. And, uh, you know, that's important for a multitude of reasons. But the reason why I want to kind of tie this to the next story is the next story is about newsletters, and it's about Facebook. And uh, it says that you know Facebook is gearing up to snatch a piece of the newsletter pie. Uh, the social media company is reportedly developing a set of newsletter tools for journalists and writers. Uh, it's the early days of the project, but you know it's something that they're into. The move would mark Facebook's latest step into territory that's already been popularized by other business. You know things like Substack and 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 other competitors. Uh, send out your newsletter. So uh, I just thought that this was kind of like two great tastes that taste great together. You know, David Gogren is talking about how to boost your open rate. And then Facebook is coming in talking about uh, wanting to get into your newsletter. So for anyone that doesn't know why they should have a newsletter, uh, Pippa, why why would you not have a newsletter in today's day day and age? Uh, You're new to it. You've, you've never written any books before. Uh, you perhaps would not like a group of people that have displayed interest in your work before. So what you're saying is you, if, you, if you don't like money, if you don't like <laughs> you don't money, like don't money. Right. Yeah, okay, that's exactly. That's what I was thinking. So, or if you are just, you receive so many emails yourself that you have started to get really upset at email as a concept perhaps. Uh, and it's, it's like a moral stance. Uh, but, but, but Pippa, I, I never open emails from people. So if I never open them, I shouldn't have an email list because everyone's the same as me. Aren't they? Always, always. Everyone is the same as RA, which 
um, makes it actually very easy to target book recommendations and know exactly, you know, who's going to read what. That's true. <laughs> very true. Be a much very more true. beautiful place too. Thank you. Thank you. I've been working hard on my beard lately. No, it's, it's nice. Okay. So, uh, tongue in cheek, <laughs> tongue out of cheek now, uh, Newsletters are amazing, and obviously they're great because Facebook's trying to scoop in and hone in on them. So, uh, what do you what do you think about that, uh, Jim? What do you think about Facebook trying to step into the newsletter game? Well, so all uh, uh, as of uh, two or three days ago, when this article came out, they, I don't think Facebook has actually said what how this is going to work functionally. Just that they're developing what it say they're developing newsletter tools for journalists and writers. My suspicion, what I what I imagine is going to happen is Facebook is going to develop an, a really awesome, super robust newsletter tool that will be free, but they will keep all the data. Mm. So like they will like they'll probably even go out and find newsletter people for you. But Facebook will keep all those email addresses to themselves, but they'll just give you these really awesome tools that will be hard to resist because maybe it'll be. Way you know, way better than Mailchimp or MailerLite or whatever else. It'll be awesome, but it'll it'll be a bad deal because <laughs> you won't get the data. That's what I think is probably going to happen. You, so this is so, you think they're actually going to launch like a Mailchimp type service that's off of Facebook? Oh damn! That's what they said. The social media company is reportedly developing a set of newsletter tools for journalists and writers, and then, then everything they, else they in the article is be like these two weird companies that I've never. I, just it's gonna they're like. We're going to do this. It's going to be for newsletters. And I'm like, okay, I know what a newsletter is, like MailChimp. And then they go, just like Substack or Review. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell those are. I don't um, know what those are either. So, and then I clicked on them and looked at it. They don't really seem like MailChimp type. They're more like Medium type things where they're – Yeah. From what I can tell. I, I don't really know. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong, Jim. I just I, – I didn't know if they had updated that at all. But huh. – I mean, I think from Facebook's point of view, they're looking at it like, hey, people are reading email and that means they're spending time outside of Facebook and we don't like that. So let's move all that email stuff into Facebook so people will stop looking at email and just go to Facebook for everything, for their emails, for their news, for their social stuff. That's and I don't know. I was it's all theory as well, right? Like maybe they're going to the uh, a little more portal type environment where – um, you go to Facebook and instead of just a newsfeed of, of other people, it's a newsfeed of kind of quote unquote curated content by newsletter writers, like you said, journalists and, and writers um, at the top, like little, I think one of them review or Substack has like little Pinterest style um, a layout. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm totally guessing here, but my, my gut says that it's going to be, Similar in some ways to a medium or uh, what they whatever Substack is, um, where it's like some slightly more curated news or um, opinion based op ed type things at the top of a Facebook feed, but that it's not going to be a replacement for a Mailchimp, like an email based newsletter service. Because I think you're right, Jim. I think ultimately Facebook makes money. Well, not ultimately. Literally, Facebook makes money when you go to Facebook. Um, so unless they're going to somehow monetize mailing lists, I don't think it's going to be an email based thing, but who knows? I don't know anything. Who knows? Yeah. Probably to help with that ad targeting. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I'd be willing to bet it's going to end up bad for everybody. Whatever happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to improve humanity. That's my ultimate. Uh, it's going to look very, very nice and, and just everything will get worse. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys might be right. So, uh, Facebook aside, uh, if there isn't anyone uh, who, if there is someone out there who's listening to this and they're just kind of getting started, uh, when would you guys say? At what point in their progression of a first-time writer would you guys say is the right time to start an email list? What's the old uh, adage that the best time to uh, to plant a tree is ten years ago? Yeah, second best time is now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. I came at this whole thing from a marketing perspective. I had a marketing job. You know, I was building websites and and uh, ripping people off and selling terrible websites. Um, and uh, and so I kind of understood intuitively like the importance of owning something, whether it's the platform itself, which was impossible for me at the time. I, I couldn't, I wasn't going to build, you know, massive blog or whatever, but I could own the, the email list. You know, I could at least, mm-hmm. and I say own, meaning it's, you know, it's nobody, nobody can take that away. I, obviously when not owning people, um, I wouldn't do that, but, uh, but their email, their emails or whatever, that's the, uh, the thing you want. And so I came into it knowing that like, that's really important. And I'm, I don't even know what I'm going to do with them yet, but I'm going to start collecting those emails. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you you want to start sending emails to those people so that they know who you are and you, you know, they stay you stay top of mind for them. But really, if if you have to, just collect them and don't do anything with them for for a while. But just collect them. That was always kind of my my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think that's. I don't know that there's a a, a downside to that, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I think there's probably not much disagreement from the panel because uh, newsletters are important. You don't want to, uh, you know, share crop your time building up this amazing following on Instagram or Facebook, and then you get nuked one day, and then you can't reach any of those people. So you're better off trying to get the the at email addresses of people who are interested in you, so you can always reach out mm-hmm. and touch them in a not creepy way. <laughs> so, How did I one more, one more uh, quick story about. The tech giants, uh, this one's, you know, just a little a little aside is that uh, recently it came out that Jeff Bezos is stepping down from the helm of Amazon. And um, I wonder if you guys think that this could have any effect at all on us authors. You know, Jim, actually, you had a really interesting theory about uh, Bezos in the books uh, that I had never really considered. Uh, do you want to share that with everyone as we talk about Bezos stepping down? My theory about him becoming a Bond villain? No, no, no. I agree with that one. I mean, the <laughs> other one about... Oh, what I put in Slack. Um, his pet project. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think that Amazon has has really cornered the book market just because Jeff Bezos willed it to be so. I don't think he saw the book market as a bastion of profit. I think he's just a book nerd and he, and he just liked books. And because Amazon, that's how the business started. He always had a soft spot in his heart for books. And so that's why, that's why Amazon became literary juggernaut. Now I don't think him leaving the company will change any of that. Um, I'm not leaving. I don't even know if he's leaving the company or what he's doing. He's he's still on the board. He's he's going to space. But he's, he's going he's to gonna be off in space. I don't. Um, him and Elon are going to be duking it out in, in, in orbit, trying to shoot each other down. <laughs> As well, they should. Let's send both of them out there, and they can fight it out. Um, but I ultimately, I think if you're an author and you're worried that Jeff that a change like this at Amazon is going to affect KDP or you, it's not. Everything will continue to roll ahead 
as normal. I agree. These guys are juggernaut. I mean, these companies are massive. Um, I, I, I liken most of what we do in the author world to Apple because they did for musicians what Amazon did for authors, and they did it 10 years ago. And it's really funny. Uh, I'm a musician, and before I did anything with author stuff, I had been a musician, and so I'd followed it and actually owned a company once that was getting um, musicians into iTunes, which was something you couldn't do early on if you were independent. And so, and of course, then things like TuneCore came out and just totally ruined our, our business model. But um, I pivoted. I adapted. I'm still here. No, um, <laughs> I'm a hero. Um, no, <laughs> the point is, I, I followed this from uh, from way back from way back when, and it's almost like lockstep. Ten years removed, what what Amazon and authors and indie independent authors are doing, it's so similar to what musicians are go, had gone through um, with streaming coming around, and you know, it's e music and Napster and Rhapsody, and now it's Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music or whatever, you know, and, and it's the same sort of thing we're seeing here. And the whole point is, um, we even have the godlike figures that run the show. We've got Jeff Bezos and the authors and Amazon, and we had Steve Jobs and Apple and the musicians. And when Steve Jobs died and Tim Cook came over, there was the same wonder, you know, like, well, what about, well, how, how is this going to work for the musicians? And nothing changed um, because Tim Cook realized he probably shouldn't change a whole lot because his whole company was built by Steve Jobs and Wozniak and all that. And I think the same is true over here with the Amazon thing. Um, the new guy, uh, Jassy, is that his name? You know, he's, he's not going to change much, probably nothing for the first six months or whatever. Um, he's going to be chasing quick uh, quarter two profits so that he looks good for shareholders um, and, and all kinds of accounting things. But he's not going to change the core of the company, not yet anyway. And mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like he's got any plans to do anything drastic for uh, for authors in the, in the near future. Okay. Although, yeah, it would be I mean, surprising to watch them purposefully try to throw away the market advantage or, right. or like decide right. that's not a priority for them. But but there is this um, this whispers I should say rumors um, of Kindle Unlimited changing to some kind of premium model. Did you guys hear this? I've heard that. I heard whispers. that only on our Slack. So yeah, I've only heard it in one place, um, which is an um, our Slack is an amazing uh, <laughs> destination for accurate reporting. <laughs> A very mature well, instance. I heard of an even oh, yeah. more reliable source called somebody on Facebook said, um, "The fifth estate. We are the fifth estate." <laughs> but essentially, the the idea was Kindle Unlimited, um, and most authors listening to this should know what that is. But if not, it's just a subscription based book service that that Amazon has. Um, is changing from their their nine ninety nine a month, ten dollar a month model to a cheaper one that will have ads in the middle of books or something like that. And then a more expensive one that will, or maybe it's the same price as not as it is now that will not have ads in the middle of books. And that was supposed to be this groundbreaking, unbelievable, crazy. Oh my God, they can't do that. And I'm sitting here going, okay, I don't care about an ad in the middle of a book. If, I mean, if as long as it doesn't interrupt, like literally in the middle of a sentence, just pop up. If it's at the end of a chapter, I can, flick my finger across once more and get to the next thing. Or if it's a book that they actually think I would like to read, maybe I do want to hear about it. So I don't really have a problem with that. I'm just interested to see how it's going to change the, uh, the payouts and stuff for K E N P. As of this recording, we don't know if this is true or not. This is nothing but conjecture. Entirely speculation. I generally like when companies do things like that because I hate 
ads. And so I like to be able to just pay a flat fee and know that that's not just, I can sit down, I can, you know, Hulu would be my example. I sit down and I just mm. watch what are my show. Uh, reading would be, I guess, a little different, but. We first got Hulu and we paid for it because we didn't want to watch commercials. And then we ended up watching commercials and I was like, screw you guys, man. I can't believe you know you pay for this. So I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to add. I actually don't mind ads, but they better be good ads. And we're in the age of, you know, big data and there's absolutely zero reason any type of entertainment platform should not know everything about me and, and serve an ad that's extremely relevant. That's just my take on it. Like, yeah, if I, if I see an ad for a book, it's going to piss me off if it's like romance. Cause I've literally never purchased a romance book. That's just not my genre. Nothing against romance authors. Right. But if, if you pitch me a Jim Heskett book in the middle of a book, I'll be like, well, I might click that. I know it'll cost Jim some money. Like, so why, why am I? I've literally, I've literally never read a Jim Heskett book. So why are they giving me Jim Heskett books? That was just channeling. I was channeling Nick, Jim, not me. I read, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've read all the Jim Heskett catalog multiple times, but, but I have. I've read, I've read three of them. I have read three of them. So, all right, guys. Well, it looks like we are coming up to a pretty good time for today. Um, We'll save some of the other stories for next time. So uh, as a wrap-up, is there uh, anything else that you guys wanted to mention about any of our stories today? I know sometimes things come to you uh, as you sit and ponder them for a moment and seeing nothing. Okay, now let's switch gears. I have something. I have something. Okay. I just yes. thought of a I thought of a story relevant to this, uh, relevant to Jeff Bezos stepping down. I used to work at the software company. And we had been prepping a new release of the software, like a complete revamp of the software. And then about a month before the release, our software company got bought. Then we released the new software and it, it was broken. And 100% of our customers said, you get bought and then you release crap. This is what happens. But they, you know, mm -hmm. people didn't know that we've been working on that for a year and had nothing to do with it. And the moral of that story is, is that you, author, if something at Amazon changes a month from now, don't assume that it's the new guy changing everything because companies move slower than you'd think. Hmm. Look at Jim sliding in with some hard-earned wisdom here, man. Oh. Right? <laughs> all right. That's all right. What a, show, what a show we've built for you, readers. You don't even know. <laughs> like someone had to work at that software company to get that anecdote for you. So you're yes. welcome. You're welcome, yes. readers. You're welcome. That's why right. so, man. We need to drop that on you guys. Switching That's gears good. just a little bit before we sign off. Uh, I often find that I'm a little bit uh, depressed when I hear about all the things that are happening in the author world. So can somebody cheer me up? Do any of you have something good to tell me before we get out of here? Something good going on with your writing. One of you must have something good to tell me. Um, okay. Here's a little bit of inspiration. Um, I have been in the 20 books Facebook group, which in itself is not inspirational whatsoever. Um, it's depressing, but um, I, I, I found uh, sifting through everything, um, I found some inspiration in people who have uh, ramped up their Facebook ads and are doing like two million a year because of it, uh, and and like you know one point five million in profit. And so I've just sort of uh, been inspired to go back and relearn pretty much everything that I thought I knew about ads, and I I, I think I know quite a bit about ads, especially Facebook ads. 
Um, and so I'm trying to just restart all that. And I think the, the moral of my story, um, is not as good as Jim's moral, but, um, it is a moral and the moral is don't, don't rest on your laurels thinking, you know, uh, what's what there's always new information or a new way to approach old information. And, um, I don't know if this will work or not. I don't know if next week I'll be like, Hey guys, I made 2 million this year. Um, I'm hoping so. But I think the point is, um, there's just so many more people out there than I, I can imagine. Like we know the number is like four or 6 billion or whatever, but like there's just so many freaking people who are reading books out there, um, that, that, that aren't reading our books. And so that's the inspiration is like, yeah, it's not easy, but they're out there. Like go find them and, and constantly work at finding those new readers and bringing them into your stable so that they become fans because the money's there guys. It's just, it's just a lot of work to find. It's just waiting though. It's just sitting there in in a pot, in a bucket. Someone's just got a bucket of money sitting there waiting to spend it. And they just they're like, find the like bucket. I'm not going to spend it until I find Jim. Until he, <laughs> hashtag until he find the bucket. Me. That's our first show. Uh, hashtag oh, our first show. Hashtag like find the bucket. All right. See, it does make me feel better. That was good. I, you know, maybe I need to do the same thing. Maybe I need to do the same thing to, to, to redo some ads and see if I can make a million dollars as well. Oh, that'll work with my books, though. I don't think it'll work with yours. <laughs> Well, you have so many books, man. You have so many books that it should be easier for you. But you know what? <laughs> I will never shrink away from a challenge. <laughs> so with that, uh, seeing we have nothing else to say, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I'm R.A. McGee for all of us at Author News Weekly saying this meeting is over. Bye, everybody.